0: The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching
1: and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. (laughs) For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker
0: and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are here again on another Saturday. So glad to have you. Hope you're enjoying our warm weather, although it is raining today. Still, still got that beautiful scent of spring out there. Gotta love it. Uh, today we have a very interesting topic. I have two wonderful guests and we're gonna be talking about something that I have spoken of in the past. And it, it is, although the topic specifically we're gonna cover might deviate somewhat, uh, you 've heard me talk about raising positive kids in a negative world, and I sincerely believe that for most people, uh, although this is a financial show, their children and their desire to raise their children well and to put them in a good position to succeed in life is so much an issue for everyone and This is really about this. Uh, Monica is uh, one of our guests uh, today, and uh, she is going i 'm going to let her tell you about herself but uh, Monica is starting her own podcast that is really meant to be a support for uh, women who are certainly new mothers. And even for those who are who are mothers and are somewhat down the road, just as a support system, a discussion group, not necessarily to tell you how to raise your kids, but rather just to have a place to go to get a little support. And I think it's just a fabulous concept. And so we're going to delve into that. So, Monica, why don't you tell everybody your first and last name, where you from a little background, and then we'll move on to Sarah.
3: All right, good morning. I'm Monica Eichmann. I live in Mound, which is just west of the Lake Minnetonka area. I have three kids, a five-year-old boy, three-and-a-half-year-old girl, and a three-month-old baby. She's here with me this morning. You might hear her (laughs) here and there. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom. I was working in optical prior to my first kid, and after having... My son and being on maternity leave, uh, talking with my husband, we just decided that raising our kids with me at home was going to be the best fit for our family.
2: Very good. Very good. We made a similar decision. Sarah, how about you? A little bit about yourself. Same.
1: Yeah, um, my name is Sarah Ellingson, and I'm living in Minatrista, uh, which is just west of Mound. Um, I am a seasonal worker. I I garden. Um, in in the Lake Minnetonka area. I have three kids. Uh, my oldest son is five, and I have boy-girl twins that are two and a half.
2: Very good, very good. So with all the turbulence going on in our world, it seems to me almost an interesting concept of what what gave you the courage to bring children into the world as, it's, as it is at this particular moment. How about that, Monica?
3: That's a, that's a loaded question. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah, it is.
3: (laughs) Um, I think a big part of it was just seeing all the kids and people and humans and this is the future. Um, How can I contribute to changing the future or continuing the future? And I by myself am one person, um, but bringing children into the world, I can shape and mold them and hope that they'll kind of continue changing the world in a way that I train them to oh, and how I see.
2: Man, that's good. That's good. So so this is a, a way to have an impact on the world and its future trajectory to some degree. Is that, that realistically, that really came into your mind?
3: I, I mean, yeah, that's a big
1: part of it. Absolutely.
2: Wow. Wow. Sarah, same question.
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, I've always felt strongly about child development. Um when when I first started working, I was in youth development, um, taking kids into the boundary waters. Uh you know, kids from eight to to my own age. Um, I just I feel strongly about how people are um and how they treat each other. And so raising children allows me to express that.
2: Wow. I should ask Monica, how old are you?
1: Uh, 34 and Sarah, I just turned 40. Okay.
2: So you're going to have obviously different perspectives. My kids are 35 and 36, so that's a (laughs) little bit different, just a little bit. Uh, you know, I also find it interesting that, that before you have children, no matter who you are, we were talking about this before we even jumped on today. Uh, you don't fully have an appreciation of this you know, altogether independent individual human being. And I remember uh, as I was a young man, I had uh, just had my oldest son and my wife was pregnant with our second son and I was on a a bus, (laughs) a a bus on the way to the red carpet in St. Cloud for somebody else's stag party. And I remember a good friend of mine says, oh yeah, you got a kid. And I was, now prior to this, I spoke like that too. Yeah, you got a kid. And I was offended by it. I said, no, no, I have a son and his name is Alexander. And I mean, that I think illustrates the difference in your perspective when you actually have these children. The other thing that I found is that as as a woman, my wife was fully prepared for having the child because she had this thing growing in her for all these months. And while she always wanted me to touch her tummy when the baby would move, I'd go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Man, when the baby was in the delivery tub, that was when I realized I really do have a son. (laughs) This is real. So uh, I think the the difference in perspective is pretty significant. Um, So right now, if you were to describe yourself, Monica, as a a parent in a parenting style, how would you do that? What would you say about that? I am this type of a parent. What would that be?
3: Um. That one is one that when I think about it, it's always changing. And I know when I first had Malachi, it was kind of are you a crunchy parent or a silky parent? And um, the crunchy parents is, you know, all the natural and the organic and, you know, trying to be on that side of things. And that's really where I was pushing myself and landing more. Um, However, when I had my second, some of that just wasn't as easy or attainable for me. Like I was so proud my son didn't have pizza until he was like, I think it was on his second birthday and my daughter, you're like, oh, it's 10 months and here's a slice of pizza. So just, I mean, with that in general, the parenting style is just changing all the time with, um, as I learn new things as what I'm comfortable with and just kind of what my lifestyle allows as I add more children.
2: (laughs) Very good. Very good. Now, Sarah, you're even farther down the road with that. So you're certainly going to be able to take off on that perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, I would call myself a realistic parent. Um, (laughs) you know, I have, I have goals that I am reaching towards and things that I want, want to, uh, you know, how I, how I want them to eat and how I want them to interact with everybody. Um, but, uh, the, the twins, having the twins um, was a surprise and it, it changed everything. Um, when you have two babies looking at you, needing something, you just have to, you just have to do what you can and you're prioritizing all the time. So you, you have to be realistic and you can't, you can't be outside of what the needs are at the moment.
3: Very
2: good. Uh, I I uh, I I think that I I recall when we were having our first. Child, my goodness! I think my my wife wanted to turn turn the bedroom that that the baby was to be in into a surgical operating room because it was <laughs> had to be so sterile and had to be this that and the other thing. And when the second baby came, all that went right out the window and was just became irrelevant very quickly. But everybody goes through it, you know, and and you can talk about it, but it doesn't mean anything until you actually live it. Um, I I, I want to go back because you you brought up two different parent styles and undoubtedly there's multitudes that I'm certainly not aware of. And what was, what was the other one that you brought up? The silky, what's that about?
3: Um, that's just more. Hmm. How do I (laughs) (laughs) let
2: them do what they want?
3: Kind of. Yeah. And just, you know, just
2: go with the flow type thing.
3: Exactly. You know, just whatever's working at the time, whatever you have access to, um, not, you know, it's it's more the traditional in America how things go. Right. Um, but there's been so much differentiation. I know Todd. Previously, we were talking about. I watched the show called The Parent Test, and there was that's basically what they were comparing. Not those two parenting styles, but helicopter parenting and high achievement parenting and uh, new age parenting and all these boxes. But like Sarah was saying, realistic. It's, it's hard to put yourself in a box and then stay there because the needs of your children are constantly changing. Mm
2: -hmm. And, and the, the thing that you have to come to grips with is, and be okay with, is that being a parent is really hard. It's not this, you know, what part-time babysitter concept here. Being a parent is an incredibly challenging situation because you really are dealing with the outcome you're looking down the road you're so concerned that you're doing something wrong it creates so much anxiety uh, for everybody and so you know the the whole concept of stay-at-home mom as though that is uh, an out in fact I think it's I think it's more challenging than any job you're ever going to have in your entire lifetime would you agree with that
3: oh yeah I mean there are certainly there's benefits to both sides of things there are days that I've Tell my husband, especially, it'd be so much easier to go punch a time clock. Um, But at the same time, people who are doing that, they they have so much difficulty having to find someone to trust and drop their kid off every day and say goodbye and know that a lot of the parenting that is occurring is not in their hands. So I don't want to say that they have it easy or I have it easy. It's definitely difficult on both ends of the spectrum.
2: There's an interesting topic unto itself. Sarah, let me ask you. Uh, how how did your mother's parenting style influence you
1: um well it is the frame of reference that I have um you know what you experience
2: and that could be good or bad right that uh, could be good or bad for those listening
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah my my mother was along the crunchy lines of things um
2: let's re- let's Again, define that crunchy line thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, organic, natural, homemade cloth diapers, which I cloth diaper. I cloth diapered my first and I cloth diaper my twins. Um, so, you know, during during the hard moments, um, I'm just like, you know, I was just like, this is what was done to me. My diapers are not sitting in a landfill and neither are my kids. And so I reference that often when it gets tough.
2: Very good. Same question, Monica. Your mother, we've talked about your mother.
1: Yeah, my mom,
3: uh, she wasn't technically a stay-at-home mom, but she did in-home daycare.
2: She did it all. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I think um, just as a child, being able to be with my mom all the time, um, but also having, you know, I could come home and be in my own bedroom. I had all my own toys. I had, you know... I think that could definitely contributed to my wanting to be a stay-at-home mom and be around my kids and provide that opportunity for them as well.
2: Do you, do you guys find that um, your friends, uh, society in general, judges you because you've determined to stay home with your children? And if so, how is that? How have you dealt with that?
3: I think um, more so in the beginning with my first. Um, just because it's like kind of making the announcement that I'm leaving the workforce, I'm no longer, you know, going to use my degree or use it, you know, my talents that I've gained throughout my life or my college experience and that sort of thing. Um, but I think as it's gone on, there's less judgment. I feel like there's more stay-at-home moms, but maybe it's just because I'm meeting stay-at-home moms because mm-hmm. I'm home all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess when I am surrounded by that community, obviously there's more acceptance versus
1: everyone I knew at the time was in the workforce very good sarah same question yeah i was gonna say that um you know for for me what uh how i've navigated it is i work seasonally i i don't work for four months out of the year and then i do work for eight months out of the year um most of the people that i do interact with um are yeah you you build your community around you and so you find other like-minded people, and then you build your community. So um, I don't know what society at large has to say about that anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, it is it is, a, it is
2: a, an issue because when, you know, pe- people are so judgmental, and I mean, I, I you can't say for one moment that once people become parents that they're no longer this way because, if anything, they might even be more so this way. Mm-hmm. And so you have to try to maintain your identity somewhat of an identity that undoubtedly is evolving, uh, but the identity that you had as an individual prior to being a parent. And so do you find that challenging or do you still struggle with that? Or have you just thrown that right out the window?
3: (laughs) Seems to be temporarily thrown out the window. I guess when a lot of times when people ask, you know, like, what do you do or describe yourself? It's like the first thing is I'm a mom. And then it kind of gets hung up on there. Like what kinds of things do you do? And it's, (laughs) Oh, I take my kids to their sports or I go on family hikes or, you know, it all kind of revolves around the kids. And I love that. Um, but sometimes when, especially my husband, will say, you know, what are your hobbies? Or, and I'm trying to think of them and it's not my hobbies anymore. It's, you know, a family or children-centered thing. And that's okay. But I think still maintaining and finding yourself sometimes you do need that to keep some sanity as well.
1: Mhm. Yeah, for me, um I am trying to claw my way back to an identity. Um you know, to figure out, yeah, exactly, you know, like what what i like to do because uh to be honest i forgot and it's not even all that important
2: you kind of give it up don't you just willingly give it up don't you
1: yeah um and and form something new i mean it's it's adapting it's adapting to um you're trying to support uh a a person a toddler a school-age kid and so you support that
2: this kind of speaks back to the point that I made that you don't fully appreciate what it means to be a parent until you are one. Uh, as an example, when you tell someone that you have children and they don't, they'll, they'll immediately pipe up and say, I have a dog. <laughs> as though that's, oh, yeah, I understand completely. Well, no, you really don't, but I'm not going to waste the time trying to explain it to you. <laughs>
3: I get that one from my sister who only has a dog.
2: (laughs) Right, right. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, the thing for, for, for me was that, you know, when you don't have children, you look at those who are so immersed and, and just as exactly as you described, You, you are engulfed in the family unit. Um, you say to yourself, why would I ever want that for myself? But once you're in that, you can't imagine life without it. Mm-hmm. And I, at my adjusted age, now with my, with my children all of adult age, I see, uh, folks who did not have kids at all, who are clinging to their nieces and their nephews because they don't have that. And I honestly feel sorry for them because it's not as full a life. Children make your life full they are and they're such a blessing they're such a wonderful thing but you can't explain it to somebody who doesn't have it and i truly understand why someone pursues their career i I get it and chooses not to have children but it's when they reach a point where they can't go back to change that anymore it's really a little heartbreaking i think so maintaining your your identity and who you are um you know i'm a mom but what else is you know I I expect as you guys have said to me here that that for a period of time you don't even think about that because you just release it but it's going to come back to you and you're going to have to think about who you are and what you want to be be known for and what you want to do we're going to take a break and we will be right back and we're going to answer that question with both of you we'll be right back does your sump pump run constantly do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty-smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, MN.
4: So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale,
5: Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with J. Allen Financial's Retirement Checklist. If you can check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, Jay Allen Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash checklistchallenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash Challenge.
6: JLN Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and JLN Financial are not affiliated companies. Hey,
2: are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Voss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com.
0: Ask for Billy. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com.
7: Hi, I'm Kimberly Naibo with the Kimberly Naibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price, that is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763 571 or email me at kim at kimnaibo.com.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Sorry, got a little engaged here in between our break. So I want to come back to that question because I do believe that uh, everybody wants to maintain their identity in some fashion. And and when, you're, when your children do take over your life, and and you generally are going to allow that, whether you realize it before you start or not, willingly you're going to do that. But at some point as they grow and as you grow – you say, you know, I'm a mom, but what else? And and I want to have my own identity. Don't want to ha- I don't have a problem with being known as a mom, but I also want to be known as Monica.
3: Um, I mean, I guess a lot of it just comes back to family. But I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. Um, all of that. It goes through with the kids, and then it will be there again. You know, when the kids are gone. My sisters and I were doing a sister Saturday you know, once a month and we we did it through the kids and it's kind of dropped off again. But I definitely think that's something, you know, that will pick up again. And like I said, I'm still a wife to my husband, even though we've got the kids together. So it's just finding those pieces and those times um, to really still make an impact in those other areas.
2: You know, I, I think when I, as I was saying that and it was coming, you know, the words were coming off my tongue, I'm thinking... Very likely, one of the reasons that young women choose not to or at least delay having children is because they are fearful of losing their identity. What do you think about that, Sarah?
1: Yeah, or just uh, that that their identity is forming and you might not want to give that up.
2: Right. It, right. You know, that's a good point. It's just up. it's just become a, a formed thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's your adolescence and you're barely for a lot of people, barely out of that. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you're just going to give that up. That's a, That's a struggle. Huh?
1: Yeah. Or or it's it's just a decision. You know, um, these days women get to decide uh, when when they want to have children or you know when they're when they're okay with it and if you're not okay with it then you don't put yourself in that position
2: (laughs) i laugh because i call both of my sons unplanned pregnancy so i'm not sure how (laughs) willing anybody was (laughs) i recall very specifically uh my, uh, my wife, uh, we were, we were newly married and my, my wife, I was out working on, on one of our cars. We we were broke and, and uh, in the days when you changed oil and I'm underneath the car changing oil and my wife comes out to the garage and she says, I need to talk to you. And I can tell the tone of her voice says, this is serious. So I drag myself out from under the car, probably had oil over, uh, around, you know, my face and I'm, and I, and I, and I, and I'm like, okay, what? And she says, were pregnant and i i think my face must have just turned either red or white or maybe both <laughs> And I felt like a dump truck had just driven on my shoulders. Here I was, a young man, had a new mortgage, a new wife, and now she's telling me we're having a baby. And I, very honestly, have not outlived that our entire life. In fact, every time we meet new people with joy, my wife just loves telling people how I wasn't excited when she told everybody that that we were that told me that we were pregnant, and how I can never live that horrible yeah. thing I did down. <laughs> Uh, So when I talk about unplanned pregnancy, that's kind of what I'm thinking, what I'm talking about. Um, and so if you are fortunate enough to have actually planned it, then you're really a unicorn. I think for a lot of people, even though they may be planning when it happens, even then it seems somewhat unplanned. Um, <clears throat> uh carving out relationship time with your with your spouse or your significant other no small thing with right. the necessity of kids uh many many women will tell you that 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 uh their men become children very quickly because <laughs> because of they they're losing their wives and they are they they are needy uh and all of a sudden they don't have this woman who is doubting all over them because the, the children take over and how that is just crushing to many of them so uh, I'm speaking from a male perspective so forgive me for that um so how do you deal with that monica how do you deal with maintaining a relationship with your spouse with the need of the children who are who don't care about that
3: yeah the biggest thing i guess is um intention you have to be intentional with your time uh the kids still come first but (laughs) (laughs) um just Planning either that that date night or staying up later after the kids' bedtime to make that your Do you time actually together. do that?
2: Do you actually do that still consistently?
3: Consistently I would say probably not. Again,
6: <laughs> it, it kinda goes in streaks. Yeah.
3: When we had the one kid, um I didn't. He didn't have his first overnight even with grandparents until he was two and a half.
2: Oh my! And I, and I was
3: kind of forced into that. My husband's like, "Well, I booked an Airbnb. What are we going to do?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> um, but I mean, we've we've gone in spurts where we have the date night, and then you know, sports come up for the kids, and that changes the nights or different things like that. But then getting back to that again is just kind of again with the intention,
1: Sarah. Yeah, um you, you have to want it if you if you don't then nights go by uh all the time.
2: So you really have to make time and book the time. Yes.
1: Um book it or uh grab it with both hands is, <laughs> is how we do it when even when there's an hour and a half um it's just like hey Let's go grab a beer. Like Yeah.
3: I was going to say Sarah said nights go by and then all of a sudden you're looking at it and a month has gone by uh-huh. and then a couple months have gone by and you're like, ooh, yeah. yikes. Yep. <laughs> we need to so, connect.
1: Yeah. And uh from both sides too, right? Um you know, it it yeah, it, when it comes from both sides, then it then it might happen uh monthly. <laughs>
2: right. And then and you know, obviously you got coordinating schedules with somebody else who's now going to have to be pretty engaged if you're at home with the kids. So I mean, in, in their job or their profession. Um, so that's, you know, the idea of relationship time, not not family time, but actual relationship time for you. Um, how about this one? This is this is a really big one. How do you feel about disciplining your children? You know, you, you this is the, the quintessential uh uh, vision in your mind of the kid having a temper tantrum in the, in the supermarket and you're try, you're, you're, you're watching this and thinking they should do this, that, or the other thing. What, how do you deal with, with discipline? If at all.
3: Ooh, discipline's tough. I mean, it's one of those where you go in with the mindset of, you know, what, what kinds of things are your boundaries? I'm not going to spank. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to, you know, swear, whatever, whatever side of those things that you're on. And then when you're in the moment, sometimes those lines get a little bit blurred. Um, And then you kind of, after the fact, you kind of reassess and you're judging yourself again and figuring out how you could have, you know, handled a situation better. But I think sometimes, yeah, in the moment, um, things change.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, it really depends on the age of of the child, Um, you know, how, how I deal with that with my five-year-old is very different than how I deal with it with the twins. Um, yeah, uh, it's as far, as far as discipline goes, I, I try to remember that, that with child behavior, that kids are trying to keep themselves comfortable. And so when you ask them to move beyond their comfort, They're going to resist. So that's behavior. And they're going to, you know, depending on how hard you push, they're going to push back. And that's, you know, um, that's that's kind of how it goes. So I I try to remember that um, that they're just trying to keep themselves comfortable and happy. And um, and then I'm always trying to help them grow out of that, even when they don't want to.
3: Yeah, I was going to say with that, it's just they don't have an understanding of the world. And their, their perspective of what's going on. And then sh- you're telling them, you know, control your emotions and control your body. And they're like, I can't control anything right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just mm-hmm. finding that balance. <laughs> right,
2: and yeah. And, and, you know, the one thing I'll say, regardless of how you handle discipline, the one thing that I think is significant is consistency whatever it is you do, do the same thing consistent. If you waffle back and forth all over the place, you confuse a child and look, they are children. They're going to push you as far as you allow them to push you. And, and you know, for that to be a surprise, It makes no sense at all, and 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 yet people do it all the time, and they are surprised. So you can't, you can't, it's hard, because you want to make exceptions, exceptions, well this time, well this reason, but the reality is being consistent is the most comforting thing that there is, because it lets them know that there are clear boundaries, and then they just know not to do that. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, that they can rely on you to do the same thing again and again and again, even when they ask in all these different situations.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So now we're gonna move into the next thing. We're gonna take a break here, but we're gonna move into the next thing. And this is right back to my point from the top of the show, which is that I believe, and the reason I, I, Sarah, Sarah, we've just met, but I love uh, Matt and Monica because I think they are wonderful young people. And I think that when when I see that, I think you, you could have 12 children and I would love it because you're bringing in gifts to the world. I sincerely mean that. But your goal with your children is to is to raise children that really are a gift to the world and, you know, empowering your children to make them capable human beings, capable adults, problem solvers, self-starters. There's a key to doing that and accomplishing that or creating that. And I want to talk about that when we come back from break. We will be right back.
5: Do you know how your money might be taxed when you're retired? Discover what your future taxes could look like with a free guide called Take Charge of Your Taxes from Jim Baer at JL. Financial, see the updated tax brackets, current itemized deductions, and much more. Don't pay more in taxes than you have to. Get Take Charge of Your Taxes from Jim Bear at JLN Financial today. Download your copy at rhythmofretirement.com slash take charge of your taxes. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash take charge of your taxes.
6: J Allen Financial is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. Neither the firm nor its agents or representatives may give tax advice. I have trusted attorney
2: Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. Todd Rucker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures, on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience with Regardless of how much money you spend this is Todd's customer for life philosophy take it from me there really is no other jewelry store you can't go wrong with golden treasures in st. Paul 651-227-2711 that's 651-227-2711 finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic you cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arless Cleveland of Arless Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arlis Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arlis Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639 Welcome back everybody. So, um, we left the break and uh with a with a topic that I really want to explore because I think it is so good. Um, You know, today, nearly everybody who's my age, ladies, is going to tell you that the younger generation lacks in certain areas. Some of those areas are that they, they don't see work as a thing, or their thing, or something that they do uh, simply, they certainly don't live to work, they work to live, as my son tells me regularly. (laughs) Um, And in my generation, look, what you did for a living was your thing, and you had no problem with that at all. In fact, you embraced it. Uh, But that's not necessarily the thing today. But beyond that, we have people who really aren't very capable Because in their upbringing, they are not taught to do much of anything. And so my little analogy is that I I drive through my neighborhood, and I don't know how long it's been since I've seen a young teenager pushing a lawnmower or washing the car or doing much of anything. Mm -hmm. And, And that is shocking to me because when I do see some young guy or gal who maybe has in my estimation, maybe move from an urban setting into a suburban setting where now they have children. And I see them out mowing the lawn or trying to sweep the driveway and they've got a broom in their hand and it looks like a foreign object. They don't know how, they don't know which end of the screwdriver to use. And they have a, they have a tool chest that, that includes some silly little hammer and uh, a a crescent wrench and uh, and a screwdriver. And that's the extent of their knowledge of how to do anything. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we fix that?
3: <laughs> I mean, it starts, starts young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tell my kids, uh, one phrase I use, find myself using a lot is, listen to your body and figure out what you can do. Um, they'll ask, mom, can you help me with this? And I'll say, I'm here to support you and I'm here to help you, but I need you to try. Show me what you can do. And um, yeah, it starts, it starts from the very beginning.
2: This is, oh. are you going to, are you going to put your kids to work? How about that? Are you going to put your kids to work to do tasks around the house, physical work, like do the dishes, take out the garbage, you know, wash the car. I have full car. intention.
1: <laughs> already
2: put to work. Any I mean.
3: It's all age appropriate.
2: You want to look for things. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, you know, I, I, my, we had a dishwasher. We never used it because I wanted my kids to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. And when I pull up to the to the garage, it was a thing where I would put my hand in the air as though I had a garage door opener in my hand, push the button. And that was the key for my kids to get out of the car and open the garage door. <laughs> and it wasn't because we couldn't afford a garage door opener. I mean, I literally and, and a lot of people thought I was a horrible parent because I did it. But my kids learned how to work. And, and I don't see that. So is that a thing for you? Is that going to be a thing for you in your household? I mean literally as we're talking about these topics. To me this is a top level topic, but it may not be for you and I'm asking, is it or is it not?
1: Well, again, kids are going to try to keep themselves as comfortable as possible and that's not that's not a fault. But if as a parent, if you are keeping them comfortable, uh then then they're not growing. And so if you're doing their laundry, if you're making their bed, if you're, um, you know, I I see a lot of parents who are sort of in the habit of baby, but their kids are 16. Right. And they're treating them like a baby. And those, in my opinion, are not capable people. And, and
2: you know, I can see why, how it begins, Sarah, because when they're really young, and, and it is probably the time to begin this training, you're always in a hurry. There's always something going on. And if to take and shuttle your child around the room to pick up their blocks neatly and do all these things going to take enormously longer than you can just quickly do it yourself. The problem is, as you've just described, now at age 16, their room is a mess and you wonder why. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. I mean... This is the challenge.
1: Right, right. Like um my my son started making his own breakfast. Um and it started because uh because I have twins and they need their night diapers changed and you know all that kind right. of stuff. And um it was really difficult for me to watch him struggle to put the toast in the toaster or to dip his knife in the butter. And I mean, he just like ruined the butter, you know, like, right. um, and that was really hard, but it's to his benefit. And he is now capable of making himself eggs and toast in the morning. Wow. And that's a how, healthy,
2: old is, how old is he, sir?
1: He's five. Wow.
2: <laughs> I'm impressed. Wow.
1: So, and he cooks eggs and sometimes he gets burned and he's like, man, I do not want to cook eggs. And I was like, that happens. But now, you know, not to touch the pan.
2: See, that's such an interesting thing to give a child the latitude to potentially fail, burn themselves, as you say. Obviously, you don't want to take them to the hospital or burn burning the eggs. themselves, but, <laughs> right, but give them the latitude to do that because that's the only way any of us learn. Kind of like that the stove is hot, don't touch it, and maybe until they do, they finally figure it out. But I mean, there is certainly a lot to be said about that very thing, giving them the space to be able to learn.
1: And it was tough. I mean, like, this is only a breakfast. This is only two eggs and a slice of bread. But like, you know, what What you're giving them is obviously bigger than that. And now um, grandpa, grandma come over and he says, I can cook you eggs.
3: <laughs> yeah. I so it's say, a source of pride. It is. And as the parent, you have to be able to step back. And that is... I think the harder part is the parent stepping out of the way than the child stepping into the role. Um, yes. My daughter is telling me she wants to buckle her car seat and that's great if I allow the time for it. Yeah. If I've put us on a crunch and I have to hurry up and get her son to school, now I'm telling her I have to buckle her. So I'm stifling her being able to grow and to learn and to be independent. So be- being able to realize in order for our children to succeed and grow, we have to step out of their way sometimes.
2: Yeah, you know, and 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 part of the challenge I think for parents is they so desperately want their children to love them and to see them at, at, at a at a high station in the world that they're continually trying to do for their children to so to show that they can maybe more or better than other parents, and that actually. Makes it easier for the child, but not better for the child, because what's better is teaching them how to do these things. I grew up on a farm and it wasn't a hope or a wish. It was an expectation. We need you at the age of 10 to do the work of a a full grown man Mm -hmm. because you are a worker on this on this farm. So we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. We may explore a little bit more about this, but then we're also going to cover a topic of hanging out with parents who have children versus hanging out with parents who do not have children. We'll be right back.
5: Social Security. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at J. Allen Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security report. Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security.
6: J. Allen Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. J. Allen Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi,
0: this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at DannersCabinets.com.
5: We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience.
4: Pause for Pause is a fundraising organization that has one goal, to stop the suffering and needless deaths of cats and dogs. We provide rescue organizations money for emergency surgeries, vaccinations, food, and spay and neuter clinics. Is your company looking for a charity to support? You can support us by being a sponsor for our fall fundraiser on November 2nd. Help us save the lives of homeless dogs and cats. Adopt, foster, volunteer, donate. For more information, go to pauseforpausemn.org. That's P-A-U-S-E. The number four, P-A-W-S-M-N org. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field, and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know, allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly, and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to cya21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763 359-3800. That number again,
2: 763 Welcome back. We're here with Monica, Monica Eichmann and Sarah Ellingson. 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 And we are talking about parenting what it's what it's like to be a mom in today's world and how to raise positive capable problem-solving children no easy thing to do we we left the break and i made the point that i grew up on a farm and you know i'll just tell you that that when you grow up on a working farm now i don't mean some silly hobby farm with with two you know with 10 acres and two horses. I mean, seriously, a working farm, you know, 150 head of cattle and you're expected to work and you're, you're, you're driving, you're driving trucks when you can't reach the foot feet and look out the window at the same time. (laughs) And it's not a joke because they really, you're really being expected to work. Now I'm aware that that's not easy to duplicate in, in a setting that's urban or Metro. I'm well aware of that, but I will say this. When those friends of mine, my farm friends uh, graduated from high school and college, College corporations lined up to hire these kids because they were hardworking. They had they had been brought up with hard work, bust rear end work, and they were utterly capable. And everybody is looking for those children. But in today's world, they seemingly don't exist much. So, how do you attempt to to uh, uh, simulate that similar thing when you do live in a suburb or in a city? How do you do that? And, uh, Sarah brought up a great point about, you know, cooking eggs and, but I, and I'll just say that, you know, the fact that something can be done with modern tools, uh, like a dishwasher and like driving a car through a car wash and, 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 and a riding lawnmower and all, or lawn service and all these things. Just know that's not a good thing for your children because although, you know, you want to do for your children because you love them more often than not, you're doing that to prove that you can or because it's easier for you. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it's not what's best for your children. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you that if, you're, if you have designs on sending your kids to college, I believe that one of the worst things you can do is to tell your kids that mom and dad are going to take care of college for you. And if you ever are really in a bind, you know you can call your mom. Heck no. You want them to think they're going to fall flat on their faces, and even if you do plan to step in, let them fall on their faces first so that you can see what they can actually do and take themselves to the limit. Tell them that, yes, in this family we do go to college, but by goodness, you're going to have to find a way to figure it out and pay for it. So by the time they're 10, they're already doing a paper route saving money, and you push them to the limit so that they become capable. But how many people think this way anymore, ladies?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how other people think. Um, Kids want to contribute. They want to. Um, they they will find ways. I can I can think of myself. My my kids are getting into things. Um, it's seemingly a little irritating for me, but that's them wanting to participate. And they're telling me and showing me. And just like Monica said, like get out the way.
3: Yeah, we stifle their growth, and then we're we're changing that mindset. And now trying to change it again when they're sixteen and tell them that they need to do Yeah, it's Too like late. you created that monster. <laughs> right, right.
2: And, and and the things that you just described, Sarah, they are building confidence and self-esteem. And if you do things for them, you rob them of that. You rob them of that growth that they would have otherwise had mm-hmm. because you didn't give them a chance to contribute in the way that you're talking about.
1: Right, or try to contribute and fail Um and then you can show them how you like to do it or how you figured out this that or the other or let them let them figure it out too again well, and again.
2: It's another point, Monica. you want you want to teach them not to to uh, to not engage for fear of failure. You have to let them know that that's okay, don't you?
3: Yeah you're I mean otherwise you're the first person that's telling them that they can't do something right. You can't climb that tree. you're not good enough at climbing that tree okay. Well, let them try. See how far they go. You're amazed.
2: This is why we have employees who, unless they are specifically told a thing, they don't do anything. Because they don't, they're not self-starters. They're not taught to take that latitude. They're continually hearing no, no, no throughout their lives. And they never actually learn to step out of that. So, I mean, I, I see as mothers, that's an obligation to teach them. Uh, to do that because we're going to raise better kids as a result. So let me finish up with this one here. Um, hanging out with parents who have children versus those who do not, is that a challenge for you to hang out with parents who don't have kids and don't have a, a, the same perspective?
3: 100%. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and I don't think That's it's easy. intentional on their side, and I don't fault them for that. Um, but you'll get the invite... I got an invite just last week, and the incredible thing is it's from my one sister without kids. The other three of us all have plenty of kids. And she asked me to come out to a fight with her, and I was like, my daughter's three months old. And she's like, yeah. I go, well, she's exclusively breastfeeding. She goes, well, what's that mean? I'm like, I did it with my other two kids. That means she needs her mom to eat. <laughs> I mean, there's no bottles. There's no mm-hmm. There's no other situation for her. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Okay, she still doesn't understand.
3: No, <laughs> no not entirely.
2: <laughs> wow, yeah. How about you, Sarah? You've gone, you've done, gone through this for a while now with parents who don't have kids because you're not, you're older, but you're not that old, and I'll bet you've got friends who still don't have children at your same age.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I I find that the people that don't have kids are pretty harsh, um, and. You know, I I think with kids, there's a there's a there's a softening um, you need to. They're not verbal. And so you need to uh, be sensitive to what changes and and to go from uh, hanging out with your baby to hanging out with people who are. Harsh. I mean that. That's just the best way I can describe it. It's irritated, <laughs> perturbed with you that have children or rude. Yeah, uh, and they think they're funny. You know. I mean, it's just it's it's such a different world to understanding and caring and loving. I mean, it's it's just really different between uh, fluxing between uh, kid world and adult world. Also, adult world is a lot faster. Um, kids. You You have to slow down a lot for kids, and so um, adults are pretty zippy.
2: Well, you know, it, it there's a, I, I, I've said this to other parents, they you know, said, you know, they're going to get a puppy and I say, you know what, a puppy is going to bring out a dimension in their personalities that they would not otherwise have as adults. So I think it's a great idea. Likewise, for young people who do not have children, when you do have children, it engenders a dimension in your personality that didn't exist or hadn't evolved. And now it does. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, Monica, you're going to have this, your own show, your own podcast that is going to be taking place here in the near future. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how someone would find that?
3: Um, Well, the name of it is Mama Soda.
2: Mama Soda. Mama
3: Soda. M-O-M-M-A hyphen S-O-T-A. So dot com. Dot com.
2: <laughs> Very good.
3: <laughs> yeah. And um
2: You're gonna be on Tonka Talk shortly too. Yes, talk. Tonka Talk, which is online you can find.
3: Yep, you can find that right on Facebook. Um I'm gonna just. I'm segwaying. I need to get comfortable with this. Um, Very good. Find the topics. Figure all this out. But
2: have a great hello. weekend, I'd like everybody. To talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great. But who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day by day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making making minor awesome errors that become media. colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today. Today, Todd Rooker, 763 559 3800. That's 763 559 3800.
0: This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN.
4: You're listening to 1500 ESPN
7: on KSTPAM 1500 and 94.5 HD2, Minneapolis, St. Paul.